If you're new and, uh, yeah, it's been quite a week, hasn't it? I don't know where you are on that scale of um, it's been deeply inconvenient and a nuisance and I hate cold weather and I wish it hadn't happened through to the world turned into some beautiful adventure playground and I really loved it. And maybe uh, different points in between. I won't ask for um, a show of hands. I actually think that these events are quite good. Major weather event hits UK. They're quite good for us, actually. They remind us that we're not in control. Don't you think that's rather good? I know they can cause problems and, and, and all of that, but we so love to think that we're in control, we're so not. And um, by the way, I was put in, put in our, my place um, when talking about how cold it was to son Joshi. Some of you know Joshi, our fourth one, who's in northern Canada at the moment. He said, minus 11, you think that's cold? He said, I was camping with the wind chill in minus 50 a couple of weekends ago. Um, he's in a different part of the world. So um, I hope you're thawing out, though. Uh, it, the water behind me in this little tank, though, um, is really nice and warm, thankfully, for, for you candidates who are about to get submerged in it, uh, which is always a, a really good thing. But I have to say, there's something slightly unusual, just let's mark this moment again, isn't there, about a bunch of people who, in a rather ancient building, on a cold night in March, fully clothed, are going to dunk themselves in water. Normally, that, that doesn't really happen, does it? At least not voluntarily. Um, when I was about four years old, I went to the zoo with my... Um, sister and mum, and there was a moment when I was standing just here, and my mother was down there, and she, she put on her stern voice and called me Timothy, which I knew I was in kind of in trouble. Timothy, Timothy, she said, come here. And uh, being the rebel that I am, you know that I'm such a rebel. Uh, she said, come here. And of course, I didn't. And she said, come here. And I didn't. And the third time she said, come here, I took a step backwards instead of towards her, and I tripped over a small wire and fell in the sea lion pond. Uh, in those days, health and safety was just... Uh, a far-off dream for, for somebody. And, um, and so I swam around, or didn't swim around much, uh, in the sea lines. And my m mother, who was very pregnant at the time, had to dive in and, and fish me out. That was rather involuntary. But there's something rather strange, then, that, that some people are choosing to, to get very wet in this um, pool behind me. And I know that uh, we've been here many times before, some of us, most in the room, uh, will either have been to an occasion like this, or it's familiar to us, or we've been baptised ourselves, and we'd feel that we've got a bit of a grasp of what's going on. But I think it's really, really good for us, actually, just from time to time, to remind ourselves to take stock. The Lord can speak to us through all sorts of things. So if that's you, don't switch off, switch off just as I... Just remind us of a few things that the Scripture says about what's going on here tonight and how the Lord might use it to, to bless all of us, actually, and not just those that we're cheering on in baptism. Here's a few words that Paul wrote to some people uh, a while ago, a long time ago, in uh, the little church in Rome. Um, they might come up on the screen as well. This is the message translation of Romans 6. It says this, just one, one of many places where reference is made to, to what's going on here and, and something about what it means, although there's always mystery. If we've left the country where sin is sovereign, how can we still live in our old house there? Or didn't you realize that we've packed up and left there for good? That's what's happened in baptism. When we went under the water, we left the old country of sin behind. And when we came up out of the water, we entered into the new country of grace, a new life in a new land. That's what baptism into the life of Jesus means. When we're lowered into the water, it's like the burial of Jesus. When we're raised out of the water, it's like the resurrection of Jesus. And each of us is raised into a light-filled world by our Father so that we can see where we're going in our new grace sovereign country. Absolutely packed with, with stuff. I don't propose to, to go through all of um, that text, but it, that, that one and many others say so many lovely things. And here's just a few strands from that and other places that, uh, about what baptism is. 
Uh, and of course, there's argument in the church about what it is and exactly how much water and when and all of those things. But there's a few things, I think, that are clear, clear enough. It's something about beginnings, isn't it? It's something about starting something. Fairly clear from the New Testament record that baptism was something that happened at the start of a person's life with God. So at Pentecost, Peter stands up and he preaches the most amazing uh, sermon. The Holy Spirit has been poured out on people. That's a a great story if you haven't read it. Uh, Wonderful story, amazing things going on. And Peter stands up, preaches an incredible sermon, and and he says, uh, and the crowd respond, and they say, well, we believe what what you're saying. We love what you're telling us about this Jesus. We've been waiting for a rescuer. We believe that he's the one. You've told us that. We believe that now. We understand that he died on the cross to take our place and and to to offer us forgiveness and new life. What do we do now? And Peter says, repent and be baptized. Repent and be baptized. Not about, straight away, don't wait. There's uh, something about not waiting till I've understood a certain amount or till I've got to a certain level of faith or Christian maturity or I'm able to articulate my faith in a particular way. So respectfully, therefore, when somebody says I've become a Christian, I would call Jesus my uh, saviour, my rescuer. I would agree that he's my Lord. I no longer want to be Lord of my life. I say that he's Lord. But I don't quite feel ready yet to be baptised. I completely understand that. I cast no judgement. But the Bible would say, don't wait. Get going. Because it's about beginnings. And so let me say then to to the vast majority here who have begun, who've begun the journey. A beginning is just that, isn't it? It's just a starting place. And I think the Lord would want to say to us again and again and again, how are you doing? God promises to bring to completion those things that he started. Many of us here have started that journey. He might say to us, give thanks for that start. Give thanks for that beginning. Maybe tonight's the night to look back on your own baptism or your own beginning and to be so grateful for that. But then to go, and where have I got to? How am I doing on the journey? Am I growing? Am I changing? Am I becoming more and more in partnership with the Holy Spirit like the Jesus that I say that I follow? It's about beginnings. It's about belonging. That's really clear. Baptism uh, is the New Testament equivalent in the Bible of the Old Testament uh, sign of circumcision. Praise God, what a relief, most of us might say. It's the mark of belonging to um, a household, to the household of faith, the family of God, to the church. And in this understanding, we're responding, aren't we, to God's initiative. God always takes the initiative, by the way. Sometimes we think it's all about us. Actually, it's not. God always does the good stuff first. And he, he takes the initiative to, to reach out to us in, in love and in grace. He holds out this beautiful invitation to do life with him in the way that we're designed and created to live it. Calls us to be sons and daughters of him, the good, good father, as we've just sung. Included them within the the family of his church. And baptism is the mark of all of that. Baptism is the response to that initiative. That's why actually we can't baptize ourselves. We're responding to uh, an an initiative of God. In one sense, therefore, it's something that is done to us and done for us. By the way, that's why we're happy in this church and other churches are to baptize babies. Uh, as we did this morning in this place, in the morning um, celebration, to parents who want to put a highlight on that particular strand and emphasis of what baptism means, the God taking the initiative and including everyone within the family of the church, including their children. Again then, for us who have been baptised, those of us who, who stand in that place, let's celebrate our belonging. That's a beautiful thing to celebrate, isn't it? Let's celebrate that inclusion within the family of the church. What other uh, entity, organism, 
um, on earth is anything like the church where you can cross the whole globe and, and meet with some strangers except they're not quite strangers because you hold together this most common, uh, this strongest of bonds that we're, we're brothers, we're sisters together and share something at the most profound and deep level. We give thanks for life, uh, the life of belonging, life in, in connection with others. And we ask ourselves, how are we doing, by the way? That's a whole other talk. But how are we doing? What, what is our belonging looking like? How are we expressing our belonging? How are we making the church a better thing to be part of rather than a worse thing to be part of? So it's about beginning, beginning it's about belonging, it's clearly about believing. Uh, Peter says, again, repent, be baptized. That whole passage I read about um, from Paul is talking about things that the Romans have, have come to experience and believe. Repent just means that turning around in, in the way that we think, doesn't it? Turning around in our, in our mindsets, completely shifting focus and going, oh, I, I see. I've come to see that that way that I was going was not the way, God's best way for me. I mucked it up, I, I, I made a mess, I, I, I chose to make myself Lord of my life, and I've come to see that God is God, I'm not. So I change, and because my mind changes, my heart changes, my actions change, my belief changes, my whole life then changes, and it runs in a different direction. That's what Paul is explaining. You go down, he says, into the waters of baptism, and it symbolizes something dying, an old way of life dying as I've come to believe that God has given me access to a new way of living. And that's as we'll cheer when the guys come up out of the water. It's a recognition that I need that rescue. I can't do it for myself. Things get in the way. I get in the way, but he's come and he's the rescuer. And something has died. There's a church in Australia, and their equivalent of this little swimming pool is in the shape of a coffin. It feels slightly sinister and macabre, doesn't it? But actually, the theology, I think, is pretty good behind that. Uh, as people get lowered down into this um, kind of place of death that then becomes the place of life as they rise up out of it. Paul says somewhere else, if, you're, if you belong to Jesus Christ, you're a new creation. The old has passed away, the new has come. There's a whole new identity, a whole new purpose, a whole new destiny, a whole new relationship, a whole new set of things to live for. Baptism doesn't make you those things, doesn't make you a follower of Jesus, but it's a, it's a fantastic symbol, isn't it? That's why Jesus gave it to us, fantastic symbol of what's going on on the inside and a whole bunch more things. So again, for those of us already in that place, we're not just observers here tonight, are we? We're, we're thankful participants as we look back on our own journey of believing and wanting to believe more. There's that beautiful phrase that somebody uses in the scriptures. He goes, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. That's the journey, isn't it? I believe, I trust this is a journey of faith, of becoming more like Jesus, of wanting more of my life to be given over to him but I'm not quite there yet. Lord, I believe, but help the bits of me that aren't quite there yet. And maybe you'll want to be asking tonight, Lord, would you help me take another step further in that journey of faith with you, obediently following where you lead? Is there an area of your life, he might want to ask, where you're exercising faith? That's always a challenging question. I asked it this morning, by the way. Is there any area of your life at the moment that requires you to exercise faith? Or are you living out of competence because you know how to do that? Are you praying anything that would require God to come through? You couldn't make it happen. Only God could make it happen. Isn't that the territory of faith? Otherwise, it's not faith. Is that right? And we say that we want to live by faith. Well, let's ask the Holy Spirit of God to grow our faith, to cultivate more faith in the soil of our hearts, that we'd exercise that faithfully and be world changers for him. 
final little uh, thing to say, I couldn't find another B for this, but alongside the baptism of water, I just want to mention, it's so clear, Jesus makes it really clear that there is another baptism. There's a baptism, he says, in the Holy Spirit of God. That is also a normal and necessary part of what it means to do relationship with Jesus, to do relationship with God. And I know that we can get hung up on the language the theologians do a little bit, but baptism essentially just means getting soaked People tonight are going to get really, really wet. That's why it's such a good symbol. Baptism, the, the Greek, Greek word, it just means that, being immersed, being submerged. If I'm a, a sponge, I need baptizing, don't I? I need submerging, I need being immersed into a bucket of water or under a, a flow of a tap or something in order to fulfill my potential. It's a beautiful image of what we need to fulfill our potential as those who walk the Christian journey. The Bible is really clear. There's only one water baptism, by the way. The Bible is clear about that. Only, you can only be baptized in water once. We celebrate the baptism of those who, for whom that's already happened in their past. But we need many, 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 many soakings. Many, many, many immersions in the bucket, as it were, of water that is the Holy Spirit, if I can say that reverently. Bible's really clear about that. Go on, being filled, be filled, be filled, be filled. Be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Why? Because we need to be empowered and equipped by the Holy Spirit of God who lives within us, but we need empowering again and again to do life his way. Those who are being baptized need for us to pray that they will be filled with the Spirit of God tonight. And so I want to ask this, finally, of those of us who are already stand in this place. When was the last time that you were filled with the Holy Spirit of God? When was the last time that you asked to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God? And why would you not ask that regularly, again and again and again and again, as we're instructed to, as he's the major partner in this unequal partnership of doing life with God? Maybe tonight can I encourage you to take advantage of this opportunity again. So we're going to enjoy hearing some stories. We're going to love seeing the candidates uh, being immersed, baptized, soaked, And all that that represents by way of beginnings and belonging and believing and and the baptism of the Spirit. Let's cheer them on, but let's take advantage ourselves too of everything that God would hold out to us for our journey with him tonight.